This is another episode of Highlighters and All-Nighters. I'm your host, Ms. Huber. This week, we are reading Acteon. I adapted it from Ovid's Metamorphosis to make it more sixth grade appropriate. Just a fair warning. Um, this is not like a feel-good myth. It is a little bit violent, so you have been warned. All right, let's begin. Artemis, goddess of the hunt, is in the forest. Having reached a spring, Artemis hands her spear, quiver, and unstrung bow to one of her servants. Other servants prepare her bath, pouring water and unlacing her sandals. While Artemis is bathing in her usual spot, Acteon, a renowned hunter, wanders aimlessly through the forest and enters her sacred grove, just as the fates predicted. As soon as he enters the cave, the servants spot him and gather around Artemis to hide her nakedness. Unfortunately, the goddess stood head and shoulders above all others. Exposed, her face reddens. Wishing she had arrows in her hand, she instead throws a handful of water at Acteon's face. Doing so, she says, or she adds, now you can tell, if you can speak, that is, of having seen the goddess Artemis naked. Without another word, stag horns sprout from Acteon's head. His neck lengthens and his ears become pointed and his arms become long, slender legs. The transformation is complete and Artemis adds a healthy dose of fear to the wretched animal. Acteon flees, catching sight of his own reflection in a pool and tries to say, oh, look at me. But he cannot speak. He groans, which is all he can do, as tears run down his changed face. Only his mind remains unchanged. Shall he return to his home in the royal palace or lie hidden in the woods? He would be ashamed to return home in this way, and he is too paralyzed by fear to do the other. While he hesitates, his own hunting dogs catch sight of him. First, he hears the tracker hound howl wildly. Then the others rush at him, swift as the wind. Akdan's whole pack of dogs, which he had raised and trained, once so beloved, greedily snap at his hooves as he flees over cliffs, crags, and through the forest. He runs over the grounds where he once hunted, chased by his own hounds. He longs to shout, I am Acton! No, you're a master! But words fail him, and the air echoes with the howls of his dogs. He feels the first bite on his back, his flesh torn apart. In a frenzy from the smell of blood, the rest of the pack sets on poor Acteon. The lead hounds hold their master while the rest of the pack gather and sink their teeth into his body until there is no place left unwounded. Acteon groans and makes an inhuman noise, but still not one a deer could make. He looks around at the familiar forest and fills the air with mournful cries. On his knees, he turns like a beggar, turning his worth his wordless head from side to side, as if he were stretching his arms out towards his hounds. Now his friends, unknowingly, urge the bloodthirsty crowd of dogs on with their usual cries, looking out for Acton and shouting for their absent friend. Hearing his voice, he turns his head at the sound of his name. His friends complain that he is not there and remark that he is missing the action. In his heart of hearts, Acton wishes he was missing the action, but he is here. He wishes he could see and not feel firsthand the fierce power of his own hounds. They surround him on every side, sinking their jaws into his flesh, tearing their master to pieces in the deceptive shape of the deer. All right, so that was Acton. I don't know if you enjoyed it, but um, yep, that was the myth. This has been another episode of Highlighters and All-Nighters. I'm your host, Miss Huber, signing off. Adios, bye-bye.